it's the, the rush, the hustle and bustle, you know, I'll, I'll be up early and I'll get phone calls from local fishermen saying, mate, I've got 60 kilos of barcode I just caught off. Just caught 30 kilos of mahi mahi, this and this, and it's just, yes, I'll take 20 kilos there, yes, 60 of that, blah, blah, blah. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. Australia's seafood landscape, particularly in Melbourne, has been deeply influenced by the waves of Greek immigrants who made the continent their home during the 20th century. This intersection of Greek heritage and Australia's bountiful marine resources led to an enduring partnership that has transformed the nation's seafood scene. By the 1950s and 60s, as the influx of Greek immigrants grew, they started making their mark on Melbourne's seafood industry. Fishing boats bearing Greek names became a common sight along the city's docks, and the aromas of Mediterranean cooking started wafting through its streets. One of the most notable legacies of the Greek community in Melbourne's seafood world are the many retail fish shops. At the heart of Melbourne's food culture, the iconic fish and chip shop run by Greek-Australian families was a standout. They introduced fresh seafood varieties, techniques and flavours that were previously un... An enthusiastic and passionate fishmonger like Paul Gloftus is a linchpin in the seafood supply chain. His fervour bridges the gap between catcher and cook, ensuring quality and sustainability at every stage. His expertise influences sourcing decisions while his passion educates and entices customers. Such dedication uplifts the entire industry, fostering trust, promoting ethical practices and celebrating the culinary richness of the sea. Everyone benefits from the energy and commitment of a devoted fishmonger like Paul. Hi, my name is Paul Gloftus. I, uh, I own Miami Fish Market here on the sunny Gold Coast in Queensland. Mate, funny story. We actually, um, it's my parents being Greek and coming from a village in northern Greece. There's actually no seafood at all. It's very foreign to them. So, I mean, they come to Melbourne at an early age and put us on the same diet. So it was very meat heavy, things we can get from the farm. So... Yeah, uh, seafood was a was a delicacy actually. So it wasn't actually until I think we went fishing at an early age when we used to go in Melbourne and um, we started catching fish and cooking ourselves. Is apparently I just fell in love with it. I was obsessed from that moment um, to the point where you know I was at about eight years old. And I used to have one of those flick cards and it had all the species of Australian fish and there was about three hundred on there. And my parents used to cover the name. And I could guess every single one. So they knew at an early age, yeah, they knew I was going to end up in some something to do with seafood. So I was instantly in love with the ocean and everything that swims in it, I guess. Um, it was at an early age before we moved to Queensland. So my family, my family there for a long time first. Um, but yeah, it was very, you know, in the western suburbs, very poor, like I said. Um, seafood was very foreign to us. So it was basically get a chicken for the whole family, make soup for to last for days, roast the bones, this and that. So whatever vegetables we could grow in the garden. Um, but everyone helped each other in the community. Everyone was, everyone's was, you know, from overseas, from somewhere. So it, it was, it was interesting, but really family orientated, you know? A passion for fishing and seafood is an invaluable foundation for a career in the seafood industry. This enthusiasm translates into a deep understanding of marine ecosystems, the intricacies of sourcing sustainably, and an appreciation for the flavours and textures of various marine delights. Moreover, a genuine love for fishing can inspire continuous learning, fostering skills from boat handling to discerning the quality of catches. 
As the seafood industry is much about respect for the ocean as it is about business, a genuine passion ensures that individuals not only thrive economically, but also advocate for sustainable practices, preserving the bounty for future generations. I was a fishing fanatic at a young age, so I, um, I used to actually wag school and to go fishing. So all the other boys were wagging school and, and being naughty, but I was wagging school to go fishing. So um, I, I loved that much. I got my fly fishing. I actually started making my own flies and lures, and they used to work so well that I used to make so many. I thought, oh, what can I do here? So at a young age, I think when I was about 13, 14, I actually got a store at the local flea markets, and I used to sell them there, actually. So once again, I was obsessed with it. Even after school, I'd go across to, it was AMART All Sports at the time, um, and I just used to talk to the guys there, and they actually employed me. That was my first job to be the fishing specialist at the sports store. So that was a big thing for me, a big privilege, and, and I loved it so much. I was there for years, and um, so fishing was my, was my life, basically, growing up, coming from a non-fishing background, you know what I mean, non, non-seafood background. From there, I guess, I started to enjoy the you know the catching the the filleting the eating side of things um in my early 20s i actually moved to barcelona so i um i went there to study and i i'd purposely go hours before i'd stop at the bocaria markets or whatever local markets and i was just amazed by the seafood i'd walk around i'd see the different types of seafood i'd see the razor clams still moving still live the lobsters on ice i just watched the old women there butchering filleting fish i, I could sit there for hours just just watching it so I'd fall in love with that. I'd sample all the all the bits and pieces, um, and that's where my love for eating seafood and, and appreciation of just what was actually out there um, became, I suppose. Yeah, I, I would be at a restaurant then. I'd realise I'd see a fisherman pull up with the esky just full of live fish, just straight from the boat, straight into the restaurant. Next minute, they're cutting that. They're making ceviche out of that fish that's just been caught straight on my plate, and it just just gave me appreciation for. You know, the work that obviously the suppliers go through, the restaurants go through to get it and to get it on your plate so fresh and I've just, yeah, I've just, I just got a real, real passion for seafood and everything, everything seafood in Spain, I guess, yeah. Working across the seafood industry, from processing to restaurants, provides an unparalleled depth of experience for a seafood specialist. Engaging with every step of the seafood journey ensures a comprehensive understanding of quality assurance, handling techniques, sustainability concerns and culinary nuances. This holistic exposure not only enhances one's experience and expertise, but also fosters a genuine appreciation for the craft. Such a grounding ensures that a seafood specialist is well equipped to champion best practice and innovations in the field. Yeah, I came back from Spain. I mean, um, I was helping my brother out in his restaurants. He's, he's got three or four restaurants, a, a Greek one called Helenka there. So I started off there just doing bits and pieces, but um, after that, I sort of, I, I wanted more, I wanted more. So I went to work for my friends down in, um, in Victoria. I went, moved back to Melbourne, worked at um, Ocean Made Seafood there in the factory. So, you know, I started off from the bottom doing the, you know, emptying the bin scraps, this and that, you know, gill gut and scaling fish up to filling fish. And it was just, I, I still didn't know what direction I wanted to go in the seafood industry, but I just knew, you know, when fish guts hit my face and I actually loved it, I knew oh, that was that was me, you know, so... That was the direction I was going. My brother Simon, he uh, he started a big Greek restaurant called Hellenica, and it was all very it was it was seafood heavy. So it was um you know he'd fly to different parts of Australia sourcing out suppliers things like that. So um, from there, I mean, he got the connection with 
ocean made seafood originally. So he, he was flying up, like at the time it wasn't heard of, but he was flying up things like King George Whiting, Rock Flathead, just different species that Queensland hadn't seen before and really put put it on the map because up here at the time, you know, people were thinking a whiting's a whiting, but, you know, King George Whiting, it's a, it's a different fish, as you know. So just just sort of from there he opened up the Fish House, which was a seafood restaurant where he'd put on other things like, you know, the toothfish and, and just different different things that people sort of uh, haven't seen before up here. And I guess I saw what my brother was doing and, and sort of gave me more drive too to do something, you know, to, to bring something different to the table up here, I guess. Transforming a passion for seafood into a business marries love with entrepreneurship. Harnessing deep-rooted enthusiasm ensures quality and authenticity while a keen business acumen propels growth. This fusion creates ventures that are not only thriving financially, but also resonate with fellow seafood aficionados, establishing a loyal customer base. At the base. moment, I guess, was when I was, when I was so in love with eating seafood, everything seafood, that I couldn't actually find anywhere to get what I wanted. You know, I, I, was, I was hunting down sea urchin. I'm hunting down just different, different things that, I couldn't just get at the local fishmonger, you know. So it was a real struggle for me, and I'd have to, you know, try and get my brother to bring supplies to think, get things in from all over the country. And it was it was a bit of a mission. So I mean, I guess there was a bit of a market for it. And I mean, you've got you've got fishmongers around, and but I just wanted to introduce something different, where you know we're a younger generation, just something not where you just go in and you, there's a grumpy old man slapping your fish along the table, you know. So something with a bit more bit more of an experience and I guess myself visiting other fish markets I, I wanted to I wanted to buy the real thing you know I'd, I'd go to so many places and you know some places were really good but some places would be disappointed like I'd I'd want a lobster roll or something say and I'd, I didn't want any frozen imported stuff I, I'd rather pay the money and get something the, I want the real thing I want the proper fresh lobster in a roll as it is you know so it, it was really hard to get that sort of thing so I just wanted to bring something different where I guess produce was all real, top end quality, and um, no cutting corners, I suppose. And, and I found a gap in the market, and nobody else was doing that sort of thing. So, so I, um, I came up with the idea that I'm, I was going to do it. Yeah, it was. It was a long process before I opened. I, I, you know, there was council permits. There was finding like finding the right locations. Um, I think I, was, I drove around for two years looking at the right places. You know. Then with this lease, you know, you'd find a shop, and then it'd fall through, and then you'd they'd say yes, and then. The lease wasn't good, so it was a bit of a mission. And then, and then I actually sort of fell back on the idea, and I thought, okay, you know, I'm just going to do something smaller in the meantime. I'm just going to open up an oyster and champagne bar. So I was actually on a hunt for doing something like that because I'm an oyster fanatic. And um, and then COVID hit, and all the restaurants closed. And I was like, oh shit, okay. So I went back to my original idea about a, a bit more premium fish market. Um, happened to find a really good location. The guy wasn't actually leaving or or anything but i hit him up said mate if you ever want to go i'm happy to take over your lease and i got a call about a week later saying mate i'm actually behind a rent i'd love to get out if you can help me out so i took the shop and um yeah i couldn't be happy i suppose the opening day was massive and and in the beginning people were freaked out because the, the, you got the crowd of people that were like thank god is we've got something like this and there was a crowd of people that didn't quite get it because it was a bit different to the gold coast and they weren't I guess, you know, a little bit doubtful of what I was doing. But um, like I said, I've, I've just been consistent and 
haven't cut corners and just done everything the right way and just haven't stopped. And and now two years on, people, I've got a really, really good local following and, yeah, couldn't be happier. Developing a premium fish market presents challenges like securing consistent high-quality suppliers, navigating stringent regulations and differentiating oneself in a saturated market. Venturing into innovative terrains also risks public scepticism requiring meticulous planning and effective communication to convey the unique value and ensure key customers keep buying. You've, you've still got your bread and butter things, you know, you've got your salmon, your prawns, your barramundi, but, um, you know, you, you walk past the deli shelf and I've got my, you know, the influence of, of Spain. So I've got, you know, I've got your canned razor clams, I've got red mullet, the barbunia the, from Spain canned, I've got different different things, um, I've got canned sea urchin on there. I've got baby eels from Spain. So all the anchovies, you know, from Galicia, clams, things like that. So I've got a, I've, I've got a big Spanish influence, but as you know, it's hard to get that sort of stuff in fresh from Spain. So I've got all the, um, you know, the conservas, all the, all that sort of thing on the shelf. We've got um, next there. We we muck around a bit with the dry age. We don't do a lot of dry age stuff, but we do have a big Japanese clientele. So. They, they might get us dried fish for a week or two weeks, things like that, and take home. But um, I do have a big appreciation for Japanese food and, and Japan. So I've I've got a big sashimi sashimi bar there, and I've got some really great chefs, so a really good team. And we basically offer basically offer top end restaurant omakase food. You'll get in Sydney or or wherever in a casual setting, I suppose, like. You don't have to make any bookings. You can rock up. You're getting fish that's, like I said, you'll, you'll get down there around your, your top-end sushi bars. But you can just order at the counter, sit down in you know, thongs and singlet and, and enjoy a restaurant-quality meal in a casual setting, I suppose. We did live abalone, live uh, crays, live mud crabs. Bigger mud crabs being Queensland, so we, we push a lot of those. Introducing customers to diverse seafood requires a blend of education, and culinary appeal. Overcoming preconceived notions and unfamiliarity is key. Engaging marketing, tantalising recipes and knowledgeable staff can demystify lesser known seafood, encouraging adventurous consumption and expanding palates. You're always going to get some some that you know, they might think it's expensive, this and that, but like I said, I've been consistent now and I won't cut any corners, I'll just do it the right way. So people are really appreciating that now and they're happy to pay for quality, I guess. They they, they come grab the live craze. They they trust us that so we make it into sashimi platters for them. So, you know, people that haven't tried this stuff before, they're, they're coming eating lobsters out of our tank and eating sashimi and things like that, and things that have never tried before, you know? So it's just good to bring something different to the table for the, for the Gold Coast Queensland customer. We're, we're really trying to just steer the customer away from the, the, the usual stuff they're used to, you know? So we're really trying to make them just try something different, like, um, you know, we've got the scorpion fish, even things like ling. We've got Alfonsino, Imperadors. Just you know, the King George Whiting is a big one that we that we really try and push. Rock Flathead, and I mean King George Whiting in the beginning when I opened, I could hardly sell a fillet. Now I'm mate, we're going through kilos and kilos of stuff a day, so it's really good to see actually. Investing in education for staff and customers is vital to highlight seafood's vast diversity. Knowledge empowers staff to confidently guide customers while educating patrons sparks curiosity. 
Encouraging exploration of new species not only broadens palates, but also enhances dining experiences, making seafood journeys both adventurous and fun. I make sure my staff try everything that we sell. So there might be days where I'm just, I'm literally just grabbing King George White and whatever, but I'm cooking it, I'm let, making them try it. You know, they explain it to me. So just so they know how to explain to the customer, they can, they can get a bit of a grip of it and they know what they're sort of selling, I suppose. And passing on and just educating, educating the customer, I guess. I, I run the social media, my own social media, and I, I do push, I do educate a lot over the social media and, and push it that way. So, you know, as soon as, as soon as I put something on my Instagram, we do get a lot of people coming in saying, I would love to try that, or I heard it's this and that, you know? So that's, that's one way, but another way is customer by customer as well. So it is a lengthy process, I guess, but like I said, we, we, we stick to it and stay consistent, so. The Gold Coast retail environment, with its blend of beach culture and unique Queensland style, is evolving rapidly. Increased tourism, technological integration and shifting consumer preferences driving innovation. Retailers are adapting, offering immersive experiences and diverse products to cater to both local tastes and international clientele. Redefining shopping on the Gold Coast. Um, look, it's, it's, it's really good. I mean. It's not as advanced as Sydney and Melbourne at the moment, but it's, I mean, there's so many new places opening up. We've got just a new seafood restaurant grill just opened up. We've got two more. Um, I'm supplying them, you know, quality seafood, and they're, they're really starting to push the boundaries and, and understand quality and, you know, not, not stuffing up dishes full of foams and this and this when they've, when they've got a beautiful piece of fish, you know, just keeping it simple grilled to perfection, things like that. So the food scene's definitely come a long way and, and, and I guess over the next five, ten years, it'll it'll boom, yeah. You used to be able to go out for dinner and you might see one one salmon on the menu or a, or a gold band snapper or something, but, you know, everyone's getting, everyone's, even the oysters, you know, we're all pre-shucked, but now people are starting to sort of appreciate. So they're, you know, they're shucking live oysters, they're they're getting in live marins, they're putting scampi things, just, just different things on the menu, playing around and, it's really good to see, actually. So it's, it's an exciting time for the Gold Coast. For a fishmonger, offering premium, restaurant-quality seafood is a source of immense pride and satisfaction. It's a testament to their expertise, allowing them to showcase the pinnacle of the sea's bounty. This is not only fostering trust with discerning customers, but also fuels their passion, elevating the entire seafood shopping experience. Mate, at the moment, like I mean, for my shop, I, I love dealing, you know, direct with fishermen, things like that. But at the moment, I've got some beautiful queen scallops from Point Sir Isaac down in um, near Coffin Bay there, and they're just beautiful, beautiful purple, beautiful colours. So I mean, we, we, we're wholesaling that to a few top end restaurants here, but also we offer that to the public. So it's, it's rare for a fish market to offer these sort of things. We chuck them to order for them if they like. Um, you know, beautiful product. We've even just got a couple of massive Thai king salmon from New Zealand. So you know, they've nearly harvest 10 of those, well, they harvest 80, sorry, worldwide, but they only sent 10 to Australia, and we got two of them a couple of days ago. So it's just, we just love it. It's just amazing seeing this amazing rare produce as well that we can offer to the customer. So, yeah. For a seafood lover, working in seafood retail is a thrilling immersion. Being surrounded by the ocean's bounty daily, they engage with fellow enthusiasts, share knowledge, and discover new culinary gems. This union of passion and profession turns every workday into an adventure. 
deepening the bond with the marine world. Mate, honestly, it's the it's the, the rush, the hustle and bustle. You know, I'll, I'll be up early and I'll get phone calls from local fishermen saying, mate, I've got 60 kilos of barcode I just caught. I've just caught 30 kilos of mahi-mahi, this and this. And it's just, yes, I'll take 20 kilos of that. Yes, 60 of that, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's such a hustle and bustle. And, you know, and getting to the shop and seeing this produce arrive and, and the fish still look alive. It's, you know, it's been line caught, brain spiked. It's, it's just... To put that on my display and show customers, I just feel so so appreciative of it, and I just it's just a rush. I, I love it, you know. So, I mean, I feel like I'm just brand new. I feel like I'm just getting started at my fish market, to be honest. So, I'm I've got some I've got some big plans to you know go some different avenues. I'm looking at getting some different unique products from overseas in the shop, things like that. Um, even expanding into the more the cooked sort of side of things, where you know, if someone wants to lobster cooked in whatever sauce they want we can we can offer that just from what i've from what i've seen personally from day to day i feel like there's going to be like i said a lot more new products coming to the market um it's just it's just going to go up and up which which is going to help out the restaurant scene as well so lots of new products lots of exciting things and and yeah good things to look forward to i suppose an enthusiastic and passionate fishmonger like paul gloftus is a linchpin in the seafood supply chain. His fervour bridges the gap between catcher and cook, ensuring quality and sustainability at every stage. His expertise influences sourcing decisions while his passion educates and entices customers. Such dedication uplifts the entire industry, fostering trust, promoting ethical practices and celebrating the culinary richness of the sea. Everyone benefits from the energy and commitment of a devoted fishmonger like Paul. This is Fishtales, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtales Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtalespodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.